Hello and welcome to Z Formula E podcast hosted by me, Humura Ruth. Thank you so much for joining me. I am glad you're here with me to celebrate and enjoy Formula E with me. Today's episode is about the sixth round of Formula E racing that happened in Valencia on the 25th of April 2021. Now, if you've missed any race in the season 7 of Formula E this year's season, don't you worry because I have all the races covered on this podcast channel. In fact, why not subscribe and leave a review? Just comment, let me know what you think of the podcast and how I should narrate the races to you or make it better for you to enjoy your Formula E. I would be more than glad to do it. So I've reviewed all the past races on this podcast channel and I hope you enjoyed them. Today we're going to Valencia for the sixth round of racing and Formula E. Now, the previous podcast, I talked about Valencia, the Valencia circuit. We're racing on the um, circuit Ricardo Tomo. It's 3,370 kilometers long. It has about 15 tons. Attack mode is on turn 8. And I love the attack mode on this circuit. I said that before because this time around, this attack mode is meant for drivers to to lose less time whenever they take it. If you watched previous races in Formula E, Whenever a driver takes attack mode, they usually lose a bit of time, a lot of time. They drop positions. Essentially, that's what I'm saying. But this time around, this circuit was built in such a way that you lose less. Now, during this race, we're going to have to use... Drivers were meant to use attack mode twice, and it was meant to last for four minutes. But it did give you a huge boost of energy, about 35 kilowatts of power it would give them. And... um, yeah, it was quite exciting. Okay, let's get into qualifying and um, give you a list of the drivers and how they qualified. But before we do that... Before we go any further into the show, thank you so much for listening to Z Formula E podcast. Now, you probably love motorsport, which means you probably love Formula 1 as well. And if that's the case, why not listen to my brand new Formula 1 podcast called ZF1 Amateur? That's right. Just Google ZF1 Amateur Podcast or go to your favorite podcasting platform and in the search bar, type in ZF1 Amateur Podcast and you'll be sure to have Formula 1 right by your side. In addition to that, you know I'm Ugandan and I love everything about Uganda. I love sharing about the beauty of Uganda, which is why I have a podcast dedicated to the beauty of Uganda. The name of the podcast is Z Humura Show. Just Google Z Humura Show or type into your podcasting platforms search bar Z Humura Show and you'll be sure to enjoy it. Okay, back to Formula E. Now, welcome back from that short break. Um, before we get into the qualifying, I, another reason I love this track, um, it was always a testing ground for Formula E, and it has now become a permanent Formula E circuit. So we're going to see more of it in the future. And I think round five and round six were the first races in Formula E to actually be held there in, a, in the electric motor racing series. Now, I told you the cubs, I say this in the previous podcast, the cubs on this circuit are a bit lower compared to the cabs on, you know, a normal four-wheeler motor racing circuit. And that's because this track was built for two-wheeler 
racing i'm talking about motorbikes racing moto gp and superbike and and the two bike series so the cubs in this circuit are much lower because you know when it's a two bike racing you want the cubs much lower because by the time you're going onto the cubs you're probably going to spin off or jump off the bike or injure themselves so the lower the cub probably lessens the the gravity of the accident to the driver but when it comes to four wheel racing you you don't necessarily need a very high cab but it should it could be and should be probably a little bit lower than a cab for let me say a motor gp circuit because a car can take that but now when you're racing in valencia we have the advantage of lower cabs i feel like because i feel like you can go a bit off circuit and come back off circuit just in time as long as you don't have both of your all your four wheels of the track so that you uh, penalized for off-track limits. Anyway, now here's qualifying. Now, on pole position for the very first time, Jake Dennis. I'm a fan of Jake Dennis because he raced with London Norris. And I think they're friends with London Norris, the Formula 1 driver. So I'm a fan of his. Anyway, pole position, Jake Dennis. Um, P2, Andre Lotera. The third position, the third place, sorry, went to Alex Lynn. We're talking about qualifying. Qualifying fourth was Tom Blomkist. Qualifying fifth, Oliver Tavi. Qualifying sixth, Norman Nato. Jean-Eric Van came in seventh. Qualifying eighth, Oliver Rowland. Qualifying ninth, Sebastian Buemi. So the two teammates from Nissan were close back together. In tenth place was Sergio Sete Camara. Eleventh place, Alexander Sims. Twelfth place, Antonio Felix da Costa. 13th place, Pascal Werlein. 14th place, Brené Russ. 15th place, Eduardo Motara. 16th place, Mitch Evans. 17th place, Robin Frines. 18th place, Nick Cassidy. Qualifying 19th was Stoffel Van Dorn. Qualifying 20th, Nick DeVries. The two Mercedes close to each other. Qualifying in the 21st position, Sam Bard. In the 22nd position, Nico Muller. In the 23rd position, Lucas De Grazzi. And qualifying in the 24th position, Max Ganta. Now, unlike round five, we didn't start with a safety car, thank God. I mean, the other race was chaotic. We had five safety cars in there. Anyway, we started in normally 45 minutes and a lap. And 44 minutes into the race, Oliver Tavi had already overtaken his teammate, Tom Blomkes, to take P4 away from him. Nick Cassidy, who had qualified P18, was already in, in the 23rd position. I'm sorry about my stammering. Sambad moved up to the 28th position. Stoffel van Dorn had moved up from 19th to the 17th position. Nick DeFries had moved up from the 20th position to the 18th position. And unfortunately, Alexander Sims dropped from the 11th position to the 16th position. In fact, the race didn't go too well for Alexander Sims, and we'll talk about that later. It was quite disappointing because this guy was. He was brilliant in the previous race, and he has just been a brilliant driver throughout the past races. But um, things happen, and I think that's why I also like Formula E. I mean, today someone wins, and the next day they're at the bottom of the grid, and the next day they're up at the you know top of the grid, and you're like, what's going on? I think one of the things that contributes a lot to that is the fact that you're racing with the same machinery underneath, so it doesn't, you know, the car doesn't help too too much. It's more about you as a driver being consistently good at what you do. Now, 35 minutes left on the clock. By the way, it was his birthday today. Uh, on the 25th, the day we raced, Jean-Eric Van had overtaken Norman Nato and Oliver Tavi to take fifth place after he had qualified in the seventh place. So he was having a pretty great day on his birthday, I should say. 
28 minutes now left on the clock. Norman Nato was up into third place after being in the sixth place with only Alex Lean and Jake Dennis ahead of him. To be honest, if you listen to my podcast at the beginning of the season, when we were watching the Deria races, which were the first races in, races in the season, I mean, Alex Lean had a pretty, pretty rough start to the season. He crushed out so badly in some of the races at the beginning of the season. And he just wasn't performing the way I would have expected him to perform. This time round in Valencia, he was doing pretty great. From where he qualified in P3 to where he was 28 minutes left on the clock in P2. That was pretty, pretty brilliant. Another man who was showing how good he is from the ODTM. Is he from the Audi team? <laughs> yes, it's from Audi Autosport. Rene Russ had moved up from 14th place to 11th place. Now, that's pretty, pretty great. Now, still within the same minute, I like that. They could be in the 28th minute and the people at the top are having chaos and the people at the bottom are having chaos. It's like tie a minute is so long in Formula E. A second is too, too long in Formula E. It, anyway, it's, all, it's the same in all motor racing series. Now, the race leader, Jake Dennis, had activated his attack mode and i love the fact that alex linos activated his attack mode there and then when dennis activated his linos activated his because usually with attack mode you lose a position so if the race leader takes activates attack mode he could come out in p4 and just because you're in p3 and now you take up p2 or you take up the leading position doesn't mean you're going to stay there forever because when it comes to your time taking attack mode you're probably going to drop down a place that's just my idea of race strategy i don't know if it's good enough but yeah i like the fact that when dennis took attack mode he was leading the race alex lean also took attack mode but then this is what happened that's when oliver tavi overtook alex lean moving from p4 to second position and pushing alex lean from second position to third position you see, when you use attack mode, you lose position. So Alex Lynn lost a position and then Oliver Tavi took the position. But that's not very worrying because you have to wait for the time when Oliver Tavi takes the position and you take back what is yours. You get what I'm saying? And um, anyway, 25 minutes left on the clock. Rene Russ, who had moved from, 11th, from 14th position to 11th position, was now up to the 9th place. I told you this guy was on fire. He was the man of the race for me. And Eduardo Motara, who had qualified P15, moved up to P11. Unfortunately, Tom Blomkist, who had qualified from P4, who had qualified P4, had dropped down to P10. And it all started in the 44th minute when Oliver Tavi, his teammate, overtook him to take a place from him. Now, 24 minutes left in the clock. Norman Nato overtook Oliver Tavi to now become P3. And this is the race order at that point. At that point. It was Jake Dennis leading the race, Alex Sleen in second position, Norman Nato in third position, Oliver Tav in fourth position, Jean-Eric Vaughan in fifth position, sixth place was Andre Lutteras, seventh place was Oliver Rowland, Antonio Felix de Costa was in the eighth place, Rene Russ was in the ninth place, Tom Blomkis was in the tenth place, eleventh place was Eduardo Motara, twelfth place Stoffel Van Dorn, thirteenth place Nick Defies, fourteenth place Sebastian Buemi, fifteenth place Lucas de Grazzi, sixteenth place Sergio Sete Camara, 17th place was Pascal Werlein, 18th place was Mitch Evans, 19th place Sam Bard, and in the 20th position, Robin Fiennes, the 21st position, Nick Cassidy, the 22nd position, Max Ganter, the 23rd position, it was Nico Muller, and in the last position was Alexander Sims, which was 
quite disappointing for me because I know what this guy is capable of. I didn't understand why he was at the bottom so much, but I know he will show himself again in round seven, which will be in Monaco. Can't wait. Who doesn't love Monaco? Anyway. Now, 17 minutes left on the clock. Andre Lotterer had moved up from the sixth position and he'd gone, oh, he had overtaken Jean-Eric Vaughan and Oliver Tavi and was now in fourth place. Now, that's what you call racing. <laughs> Rene Ruas, I told you the man of the race for me, was up to fifth place from ninth place in just a space of, a, you know, a few minutes. Oliver Tavi, on the other hand, had dropped down from fourth place to seventh place. The next minute, 16 minutes left in the clock, Antonio Felix da Costa had dropped from 8th place to 13th place. I don't know what was going on there. And Rene Russ was now in 3rd with Norman Nato and Jake Dennis ahead of him. Now, um, I, I don't know, sometimes you have like a very good driver doing so well one season and then doing badly the other season. I'm not saying Antonio Felix da Costa is like that because he's doing great, he has won races, he's He's, he's the reigning champion, I should say. And he's probably working hard to defend his title this season. Because, oh, did I, do you remember? Do you remember? Did I tell you this? But um, this season, I think I did talk about it. But this season, Formula E became a certified world championship. So if you win this season in Formula E, if a driver wins, they'll become, let me say, um, Stoffel van Dorn. <laughs> Formula E World Champ FIA Formula E World Championship. So it's endorsed by the FIA. So that's pretty great. Now, speaking of the third position in which Rene Russ was, the person who qualified, the man who had qualified third, that's Alex Lin, was actually a few places down on the grid, battling it out with Jean Eric Van for the seventh place. Th three places from there. Down at the bottom of the grid in the 10th place, it was Toffel van Dorn. He was going wheel to wheel with Sebastian Buemi. It was really close and um, Stoffel van Dorn wanted to gain a position. And he took my advice. If you've listened to this podcast, I always say, if you're racing, always go on the inside of your competitor. You know, a second before you get to the turn. So when you get to the turn, you're on the inside. And whenever you're on the inside, you automatically get an, gain an advantage and um, you're definitely going to come out on top of them. Okay, I have to clarify. This advice works in many motor racing series. But with Formula E, they always say it's unpredictable. And that is so true. Because you can, Formula E can have a right, right hand and left hand within the same race, you know, on the circuit. So if you're on the inside and you actually overtake your competitor, like on turn A, you're probably going to reach turn B and you're on the their outside. And so they will gain their position back. So it's not guaranteed. I'm still coming up with better advice. <laughs> and so anyway, back to Stoffel van Dorn. He was wheel to wheel with Sebastian Buemi. And he was on the inside of Sebastian Buemi. They passed, you know, successfully one turn. And they literally almost, you know, touched each other. Maybe they did. But that turn was really sharp. I don't know, some turns in Formula E are really sharp. They're, they're still safe to race around, but they are so sharp. And I think that makes it really hard for a driver to race. Because if the turn is very sharp, if it's like a 90 degree turn and you're coming in, let me say, from the left, you, you're not really going to turn at 90 degrees. The car doesn't work that way. The car usually takes a bit of a curve to turn. So if you're on the inside, you're probably going to be pushed by the car on the outside 
to so close to the barrier, which is what happened to Stoffel van Dorn. And then you're likely to brush the barrier or crash into the barrier and have damage on your front and on your side. And that's exactly what happened to Stoffel van Dorn, which caused him to drop down on the grid, made him drop a lot of positions there. So I, I don't know. That's that's what I think. That's another reason I love Formula E. Like, what what can you do about that? Because I'm not a driver, but I try to work it out. I'm like, okay, if I go on your inside, I'm probably going to come out ahead of you and out of this, you know, on this turn. But then when you get to the other turn, you're going to get out ahead of me. And then there's attack mode, which I have to take, which has to make me lose positions. And then there's also, I have to keep remembering that I have to conserve my battery, which is you guys. If you didn't listen to my podcast on round um of five, you definitely should. Because the last race we had in Valencia, the previous race to this one, we had, I think, nine drivers finish the race fully. The other drivers had no power left in the cars. Tom Blomkist, Oliver Tavi from Neo 333 all had used up their power. I mean, before the race had ended, because Formula E is 45 minutes and lap, before the race had ended, they won 0% battery. And so the cars came to a stop in the middle of the race. So you also have to be able to conserve your energy. You don't want to be overtaking uselessly, you know, gaining positions, losing them, gaining positions, losing them. You have to be wise about that. I remember in round five, the race engineer for Nick DeFries came on and it was like, you know, you don't need to overtake the person ahead of you because Nick DeFries was in P2 and it was Antonio Felix de Costa in P1. And he was like, you don't need to overtake them because first of all, you have enough power. When you get to the final lap, you push it. Second of all, when you're driving behind a car that's driving really fast, you're actually conserving energy. I think that's something even people still talk about these days. Um, I even heard about it on the BBC, something along the lines like if you're driving if you're racing or whatever you're doing and you're driving in front, you know, behind a car, you're likely to conserve more power because they, the car kind in racing, the car has cleared the air for you. So you're not really fighting with air. Okay. Just not something with physics, but that's the truth. <laughs> it's a truth. I didn't know how to explain it. Anyway, five minutes left in the clock. Stoffel van Dorn was down to P24. And in fact, he was in the pits and ahead of him was, Alex Sims, who was 23, I don't know why he was there, but he was there. Antonio Felix de Costa was P22. Sergio Sete Camara was 21. And Nico Muller was in the 20th place. Now, at the, he- at the top of the grid, the man who was in P2, the man who was doing brilliantly well, got a five-second time penalty for causing an a collusion. I was, I was going to say for causing an illusion. <laughs> for causing a collusion. Now, nine seconds and a lap left in the clock. The race leader, Jake Dennis, who had 6% of energy left in the car, was told by his race engineer to slow down in order for him to conserve energy and be able to go flat out at the end. You know, race strategy is a really big deal in Formula E. I just realized it. You have to conserve your energy. You have to be wise about that. I think round five, I don't know. I don't want to say it was pretty embarrassing, but it was bad. You know, for teams not to be able to finish a race, not to be able to calculate properly how much energy they should have used, That that's really it's it's bad it's really bad and so this time around jake dennis was told you know to kind of slow down after all he was leading the race and there was a considerable gap between him and the person in taking play position now at that time there were some drivers who were worrying me a bit and first one was lucas degrassi he was in 10th place and he had only four percent energy left 
That is very scary. Sebastian Bomi in the 11th place also had 4% energy left. Mark Scanza in 13th position had 6% of energy left. Now, the person who had the most power was Antonio Felix de Costa. He was in the 23rd position, but he had 11% left. And uh, unfortunately, Stoffel van Doorn was still in the pits. By the final lap, Alex Lynn, who was in fourth position, had 0.8% of energy left. It was very worrying. Uh, Oliver Rowland had 0.7% left, and he was in fifth place. Lucas Sigrazzi, who was in tenth place, had 0.4% of energy left. Sebastian Buemi had 0.4% energy left, and he was in eleventh place. Um, Antonio Felix da Costa, who was in the 22nd place now, had 7% energy left. And when it comes to racing in F Formula E, you don't want to finish with power. You don't want to finish a race when you have 1% left. Like, what, what, what is that for? Unless you, you've won the race, you know? So, I don't know which race it was, but I covered it here on my podcast. But the race ended, and these drivers had quite a considerable amount of battery in their, in their car. N- not more than 10%, of course, but it, it was considerable. And you're wondering... Why do you still have that much power? You don't need it. You're not going to use it even in practice in the next round. You don't need it. So go flat out at the end. You need to learn to conserve your energy and use it brilliantly. Wow. I'm really giving good advice. (laughs) Anyway, here are the results. At the end of the race, here are the results. Here's the winner. Now, Jake Dennis won the race. Started on pole. Won it. His first Formula E win. Quite exciting, I should say. I'm really happy. I used to fan boost this guy. I don't know what happened. Uh, anyway, it's been long since I last fan boosted. The last two races I didn't fan boost, but the next ones I'm going to fan boost in Monaco. Now, P2 went to Andre Lotera, who qualified in second place as well. Alex Lean fought back for his position and finished P3. Oliver Roland finished P4. Norman Nato finished P5. Rene Ras, the man of the race, finished P6. After qualifying P14, Jean-Eric Van kept his position. He finished P7. He had qualified P7. Oliver Tavi finished P8. Eduardo Motara finished P9. Lucas Di Grazzi finished P10, which was quite good considering he had qualified P23. Sebastian Buemi finished P11. Max Ganza finished in the 12th place which was pretty good considering the fact that he had qualified P24. Nick Cassidy came in in the 13th place. Sambad came in in the 14th place. Mitch Evans came in in the 15th place. Nick DeVries in the in the Nick DeVries in the 16th place after qualifying in the 20th place. Tom Blumkiss came in in the 17th place. Pascal Werlein came in in the 18th place. Robin Fines came in in the 19th place. Nico Mola in the 20th place. And Sergio Sete Camara in the 21st place. Antonio Felix da Costa in the 22nd place. Alex Sims in the 23rd place. After qualifying 11th. And lastly, Stoffel van Dorn, who is still in the pits, in the 24th place. Now, that was the sixth round of racing in Formula E. And that, my dear, was the last round that we had this season in Valencia. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I hope it was informative. I hope you had a good time. And I hope you enjoyed Formula E, which is the sole, exist- the sole reason for the existence of this podcast. Until next time, see you then. But remember, if you'd like to keep in touch, don't hesitate. My telephone number is plus two five six seven. 
0708-96503. Or you can send me an email. My address is mbabesiruth77 at gmail. That's spelled as M-B-A-B-A-Z-I-R-U-T-H 77 at gmail. Or we can meet on social media. My Instagram handle is at Z Formula E podcast. My Twitter handle is Formula One Amateur. Until then, bye bye.